And I always say that LinkedIn is the underdog of all social media when it comes to business, where you will wildly put a post up. Maybe it's the same exact video that you're posting on YouTube or LinkedIn. You get maybe 10 times of views on LinkedIn because of organic growth. Hey, my name is Ariana, and as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi-passionate professional, I currently spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full-time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life curveballs and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes and maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Side Hustle Experience. This is episode 14, and I have a super special guest here with me. Salina has come on and is agreed to talk to us all about personal branding and LinkedIn. I am so excited. I'm not sure if you can sense it in my voice, but LinkedIn is my jam. And somebody like Salina, who's actually an ex-LinkedIn, is going to come on and talk to us about how to utilize it in the best way possible. So, as I mentioned, Salina is an ex-LinkedIn turned CEO to the In Academy in the middle of COVID-19. Salina is a LinkedIn expert and coach, 2018 LinkedIn power profile, and chairperson for several international women at tech groups. Her true passion lies in teaching entrepreneurs and coaches to build a strong personal brand, turn connections into customers, and boost social engagement on LinkedIn. During her tenure at LinkedIn, she has trained over 8,000 executives globally and consulted for Fortune 500 brands about the power of personal branding and digital marketing. Wow. I mean, what an awesome trajectory. I cannot wait to dive into what it has been for you to come from LinkedIn, the inside scoop of what it's like to work for the platform, and now sharing all of those goodies with all of us. So welcome, Salina. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ediana. Congratulations again for this huge blast and starting your own podcast. I know how daring it is to create a new channels, new platform, but kudos to you for starting your own. Thank you. Yes, for sure. And I'm sure that we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but it's very important for us entrepreneurs, side hustlers, job seekers to have our own land because we talk about all of these social media platforms and it's awesome to build that initial momentum, but all of those are rented lands, right? Like we don't own that type of content. So it's great to be able to have at least one more that we can call our own. And we've seen Instagram go down a few times in the past few years. So it's very, very important that we have our own place where we're not a afraid of losing our listeners and readers and so on and so forth. So Salina, I just want to start by you telling us your story, your career trajectory, what has gotten you here today? Yeah, sure. I think you cover it so well, (laughs) Indiana, earlier. I am appointed as the account director at the LinkedIn Marketing Solution like three years ago. And COVID actually hit, obviously everybody know, back a year ago and 
I was in a long distance relationship with my husband for five years, and it was really tough. Things got really tough for both of us. I thought we can hop onto the plane and get to see each other, but that's no longer an option because of COVID. So I reprioritize like what's really mean for me,、uh, for life, for my career, as well as for my relationship. And I think this is just. At the gut of my heart, I know it's the right thing to do. So I decided to quit my corporate job, which everybody tell me I'm crazy. My colleague was like, "Just grind it out, right? It's in the middle of COVID. Just wait until you guys can see each other. It should be fine." But obviously now it's still happening. So I think it's a definitely a really good choice from my end. So I reprioritize and thinking my family is the most important thing and quit. Um, never really thinking about. Being my own boss, really. Like I started actually looking for jobs in Europe, and it was really tough. And the first place that I'm looking for job is obviously LinkedIn, right? And I know Eliana, you're like the career coach right here. So one of the tagline is that let's get you hired, right? So I was in LinkedIn at this funk, trying to get out of it, and thinking like maybe I'll get another tech job with pretty high income, very stable. Just sort of like quarter over quarter to get it away with it, and it was tough. Like for the couple of months, I felt lost and I don't know what I'm doing, and something is really missing. And I start basically doing a blog, which I'm not even good at writing. And I was thinking, oh, let me start a blog called LinkedIn Pro and talk about you know I'm a professional, I'm a pro for LinkedIn, so I'm like basically talk about tips about LinkedIn. And it slowly get blown up, and a couple of my previous clients just contacted me and say, "Hey, Selena, what? I really need a B two B sales LinkedIn coach to teach our sales team how to basically utilize the platform, how to use LinkedIn for business, etc." And I was even like, "Oh my gosh! Like, are you kidding? Why don't you just like reach out to LinkedIn and <laughs> get it done with the masterclass, which I'm pretty sure they provide?" But they're like, "No, I really like the style of you and your teaching. I think it's okay, but we're willing to pay." So right after the call, I was just like, you know, really shocked, and I was literally googling how much should I be charging hourly for a masterclass like this. Fast forward. That's how I land my first clients, and that's validating my business idea. And I was like, maybe that could be an idea for me, and try it out. And I talked to a couple of my friends, plus my ex-manager back at LinkedIn, and he really, really pushed me to go and step out of my comfort zone and try it.、Uh, a year later, actually, last month is our anniversary. And、uh, now I'm, you know, positively impacting many others to use LinkedIn in the right way. So a little bit of the snippet. <laughs> Wow, that's an amazing story, and it's crazy how it came full circle. I love to hear the story about how your manager was so supportive, although you were no longer at the company, and how you just didn't know how this was going to pan out, and you were in the process of finding another job more locally to be with your husband, and how somebody just because you were talking about your process and your journey, somebody found you and hired you. This is something that I tell my clients all the time. You know, sometimes it's okay not to know where you're going. But at least you know, putting yourself out there and talk about that journey because probably a lot of people are on the same path. They just haven't found somebody that can articulate it in those words. Sometimes you're feeling lost and don't know how to put that into words. So I love that story so much because it just resonates so so much with this podcast and who I'm trying to reach with this community. So I know that it kind of fell into into becoming a LinkedIn expert, but that could have been a one hit wonder, right? If you think about it, like that one client and that's it. 
what do you think happened or came through your mind when you said this is it? Like, besides the fact that you worked at LinkedIn, how did you find that passion of saying, this is what I really want to do is teach people how to use LinkedIn so that they can be, you know, independent on their own thing, or even just utilize it as a side hustle? Yeah, I love that questions a lot, Indiana. Like, in fact, I don't think it's a question that I've never been asked by podcasts or going to live shows. So I really think it's a very interesting angle because I never thought I would brand myself as the LinkedIn girl. Obviously, like everybody reached out to me with my expertise. But I think the aha moment came when I felt like I'm truly impacting positive for my client business and they come back with really huge results that I'm teaching. And I think that is one of the things that when I'm still working for LinkedIn, I couldn't be able to do. I am their brand ambassador, but still like I'm hoping to basically step into the audience and giving them actionable next step to build their brand, market themselves, step out of their comfort zone like I am to create content to to your point, right? Like it's okay to be lost sometimes and you don't know the visibility where your personal brand is going to take you. And that's how my visibility of my blog with my LinkedIn, with my social media present is so strong that get picked up by my previous clients, right? And similar to whoever that is actually tuning in today, if you're a job seeker, you're thinking it's the end of the day tomorrow, you don't know where to go and it's totally fine. And this is how I felt that aha moment that, oh, this is the right thing to do. And I'm truly impacting someone's life and their business. I just love hearing the impact piece of it because it's usually where people kind of miss out on what are some of the things that you're providing for other people? You know, you're changing people's lives and that's really important. And that's a lot of the things that drive people with passion, right? Specifically with multi-passionate people for myself and the community here in this podcast is that we have so many interests that it's really hard to kind of pinpoint one and be okay with just providing that one thing for people. But sometimes if you reverse engineer and start thinking about not only the type of money that you could be making, but also the impact that you are having in people's lives and what it is that you're helping them achieve. I mean, it's just infinite, the amount of opportunities that people can really have. And as a fellow supporter of LinkedIn, I think it's just an awesome platform to teach people because there's just so many misconceptions about LinkedIn and how it's only for job seekers. But here you are just making a huge business and huge impact out of that one platform that has always been branded as the job seeker platform. So I know that you show up on LinkedIn pretty often. You do have coffee chats every Friday where you just talk about different topics that you believe your ideal client or people who might be interested in working with you are kind of thinking about. Why don't you talk to us about the fear of showing up on LinkedIn? Because when I first started, I had the same fears. Like, what if my boss sees this? What if my colleagues are going to see this? Or what are my peers going to think of me? You know, it just seems so out there, LinkedIn, because it's something that everyone is watching. Like, even though they might not tell you, they're always watching what you're doing on there. And it's very public, right? So what are some tips that you can give us to the listener to build that courage and beat the fear of showing up on LinkedIn? Yeah, I like that you talk about it's so much misconception of this platform, right? And I always say that LinkedIn is the underdog of all social media when it comes to business, where you will wildly put a post up. Maybe it's the same exact video that you're posting on YouTube or LinkedIn. You get maybe 10 times of views on LinkedIn because of organic growth rather than other social media platforms. So I think it's a total underdog. And when you 
just not thinking about the statistic point of view, which is there's only 5% of LinkedIn members are posting weekly and consistently on LinkedIn, which means for you and I, or job seekers, or entrepreneur who is tuning in, or side hustler that are looking to build a brand on the platform, this huge amount of opportunity. So I think the fear comes when you have a purpose. Your fear will be down when you know why, right? Why you're posting this. And ultimately, you won't get fear if you know, okay, I'm trying to market and sell myself and make myself as the brand, like making money, making a name of my own brand, um, making sure other people know the impact or the transformation that I'm trying to deliver for my clients. So I think if people can see the why, it's easy to slowly take into more actionable steps, which is, for example, find a medium that you felt most easy to start with. So for example, for me, not a lot of people like it, but I really find video, it's my easiest channel to express myself. I hate writing, which that's why I'm saying like when I start a blog, I don't even know what I'm thinking. So find a medium that works for you. And then next is obviously choosing the topic that you're very passionate about, something that you can marry to, which is something you're very good at. Like for me, for instance, I have the technical knowledge of LinkedIn, but I'm very passionate about marketing. I marry both of them, which is LinkedIn, personal branding, marketing, and I talk about that, right? So similarly for people that are passionate about good at something, then choose that topic and then go over to the medium and then think about the frequency. You don't need to start with posting every single day, right? You can start by doing weekly or doing by bio-weekly or bio-monthly, like depending on the frequency that you feel comfortable with. And if you really don't feel comfortable about it, why not start by engaging with other content creators on LinkedIn, right? Like yourself, and other content creator out there. The more that you consume content, the easier it is for you to create your own. Wow, those are so many gems. So if you're listening right now and you are able, you're not driving or moving around, sit down and take a piece of paper and just jot down everything that Selena just said, because I totally agree with that. I'm here just nodding myself along with all the stuff that she's saying, because they're just amazing strategies to kind of start. Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals, and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying on, you know, start small with something that you're passionate about. That sometimes can be very difficult for us multi-passionate people. So what are some tips that you have on finding your passion to begin with? Like if you're really in this world, really not knowing where to go, what type of job you want, what type of side hustle you want to launch, what are some tips that you can give for us to get closer to that goal? Because again, I mentioned that action will bring clarity, right? Like if you just sit around and say, I don't know what I want to do and you don't do anything at all. Nothing is going to come, but there are ways to take those action steps. And I would love to hear from you. Like, what were some examples that you did to find that clarity for yourself? Yeah, um, I think it boils down to a little bit of what you're good at. The point that I addressed earlier, although passion is obviously a very important point. That's why people always say, what are you seeing yourself in two or five years? There's a reason for it, because if you can do something so long, 
consistently, you're passionate at it, right? If you're waking up every day and like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this again. I hate my job. You wouldn't be able to succeed. So I think these two needs to be balanced out what you're good at and what you're passionate about. But finding passion is a tough thing. I'm a true believer when it comes to competence, where it's your ability lies, what you're really good at, it will bring out your confidence into doing something. And when your confidence in doing something, it will help you to succeed because you're obviously good at it and you're very, very passionate about it. That's equal to success to me. So if you can marry those together, passion as well as what you're good at, you basically sort of find out your value proposition and what's your niche. But it needs to boil down, right? And in order to boil that down, when I started, when I had that one single client that, you know, Adriana, you just said, right, I can't be able to just validate my business just purely on that. I need to do market research. I need to do validation call, which I love to call that e-coffee with ICP and ICP meaning ideal customers persona. So map that out for you and talk to as many people possible to understand their pain point, what it's really sparked you joy when you're trying to deliver the result and impact you're trying to create for them, right? Like when you boil these all down, you will have that absolute clarity in terms of what you're passionate about and what you can do in the next two to five years. Wow, I love that. And I do want to go back a little bit because you mentioned two terms that my audience here might not know what that is. And one of them is market research, and the ideal customer persona. So I would love to hear more about that on your end. And how did you actually start off with market research? Like, what is it exactly? Yeah, so I think market research could be very qualitative and quantitative, but I don't want to get into the boring part of it because it's something really fun. And I did multiple different ones. It should be actually an exercise that I highly encourage everybody to do it even quarterly or half a year if you can, because it's my theory as well as a true believer in that your community and your audience will grow together with you as an entrepreneur, as someone that you teach them stuff or as a coach, right? So for example, my entrepreneur starting off with me, their early stage entrepreneur and knowing how to market and sell themselves. But one year later now, they are much more mature entrepreneur. They're already in their four or five figures when it comes to their revenue, right? Then they're much more mature and they're looking for other objectives. So market research needs to be an exercise being done like almost every year at least, right? To really understand your audience. And by doing that, I would say basically it's a discovery, right? Trying to figure out what your solution can come into place to theirs, right? Like they have their challenge, they don't know what to do, and you are the expert and the expert that could provide them the solution. But in order to validate that business idea or in order to validate that entire offering that you are putting together or one thing that you're passionate about, then Ask them questions, right? Use some of the language they use. Use some of the things that they keep constantly telling you and you realize, oh, these are some of the things that matching the solution that I'm offering. And when those market research comes to the qualitative sense point, which is like, for example, you have 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 people saying the exact same thing and your solution and offering can equals to that equation, 
then voila, you got your offering right there. So I think it's really about discovering with the people that you are potentially going to work with. Yes, definitely. And I do want to get into doing your coffee chats and just doing all of the content. Essentially, that's like kind of like container, right? That's like your funnel. You provide free content, amazing tips and strategies, just like you are here in this podcast. And you provide that in hopes that your ideal customer or the person whom you want to serve finds you through your free content so that they potentially get interested in talking to you about potential services that you can offer to them. So what are the best tips that you can give us when it comes to the best way of building relationships with your connections on LinkedIn? Because sometimes people can just feel a little bit apprehensive on reaching out to others or networking or initiating that relationship. What are the best ways that you think we as the people in the platform can just manage the relationships on there and potentially turn those into clients or to managers, companies that you might want to work for or clients if you're a side hustler? Yeah. So let's start with job seeker because that's one of the stats that I already sort of like while a lot of people when I talk about it is 85% of open jobs on LinkedIn are being filled by networking. So networking is to me is the number one important ways when you're looking into level up yourself in your career or finding your next play in your career as well. So I think networking is the best way to go for a job seeker. Similarly for business owners, I think networking is incredibly important, but it needs to pair with content marketing because when you have a very strong sort of like support system, networking, you know who to seek to. Like for example, you have like a business coach as a friend could sort of offer you a couple of advice or you have a financial expert that can offer you how you can set up your business and you can basically learn from each other and grow together. That would be a really good way for you to grow as an entrepreneur. But that's the networking part. But when it comes to content marketing is where you really market and sell yourself and really brand yourself as the subject matter expertise. This is what a lot of people are missing when it comes to like basically building relationship with your connection because they just don't want to have a chat with you. They also want to see how you present yourself to the internet, right? That's why when you see on LinkedIn profile, you see this feature section, you see all these like engagement, right? Why are those engagement? Why are those numbers or like people call vanity metrics matter? Because that add up to trust, that add up to likability, that's add up to, you know, knowing you as a person. So I think if those two could work hand in hand, that would be the best way to build relationship on LinkedIn for a business owner. As for a side hustler, it's a very challenging role because I understand, right? Like, Ideana, you point out so early on, like, oh my gosh, what if my company knows, right? Like, what if they think that I'm trying to seek for jobs, right? I got a solution for you, which is focusing on LinkedIn company page. And a lot of people don't really see the beauty of it because A, the engagement is really low. But if you really look back to the company analytics, which LinkedIn actually hand you through a silver platter. You can look through who are these people looking at your LinkedIn company page. Then you can start reaching out to those companies. You can start reaching out to people that actually see your LinkedIn company page, follow you. And those are so warm because those are really, really people will follow your page, write your content on your company page. And those are what I call opportunities for you. So I think 
different roles have different ways when it comes to building relationship with their connections. Wow, that's a great tip. Yeah, I definitely have also heard of just, I have my own company page as well for my side hustle, but I do know that I have had a very different pathway in where I've always just been upfront with my employer that I do have a side hustle. I always make sure that it's not a conflict of interest and that they do allow people to utilize their social media according to their policies. But I know that even with all of that in hand, people are still super nervous because they don't want to be the first one out if something were to go wrong with the company. Like, well, this person is distracted because they're doing XYZ on LinkedIn, so let's get rid of them. So I think that definitely creating your own company page and engaging with that is such an amazing tip. And I think that that kind of takes away the guesswork of what if they know that it's me? Well, you can hide behind the brand of that company up until you're ready to either do it full time or when you're in a company that they're okay with you engaging with your own personal profile. Couldn't agree more. Transparency and honesty is the best policy when it comes to this. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting because I just saw a post earlier today on LinkedIn by one of my colleagues And she was asking, hey, I've heard a lot of people talk to me about this lately, about should you tell in your job interview if you have a side hustle? And I I said two things. I said, well, it depends. (laughs) It's a twofold answer because first of all, yes, it can be a huge asset for you to have a side hustle. And if it's related directly to the job that you are doing, that could be a great way to stand out as a candidate because not a lot of people have those. And you can talk about how it makes you a better candidate. You know, you have more open-minded, you are thriving ambiguity because having a business, you have to be okay with like all the turns that you have to make and all the changes as well as somebody who's keeping up with potentially their public speaking skill abilities. Like you're all the time chatting with people, you're putting presentations together, going to videos. There's just so many good things that can come out of having a side hustle. And this is something that's huge, productivity. When you have a side hustle, you want to be as productive as you can in your job because you just want to make sure that you're getting out of there on time after you've done everything you need to do for your job so that you can go and do your side hustle. So that's another thing to pitch. But I also said, you know, it depends of the company. You know, you need to kind of fill it out because if there's companies that are a little bit more old school when it comes to people having their own businesses, that can kind of hurt you or go against what it is that you're trying to do, which is landing the job. But do you want to work for a company like that? Which just kind of goes back to what you were just saying that being honest is the best policy to have. So really just knowing what your values are and what it is that you want to do, what company you want to work for, the type of clients that you want to take on as, as a business owner or a side hustler. I think all of that just goes back to you making your own decisions and have boundaries in place to like, do I want to work for a company that doesn't allow me to have a side hustle? Because at the end of the day, there's many reasons to have side hustles, right? I just mentioned a few, but also to diversify your income. You know, if 2020 showed us anything, is that you should not have your, all of your eggs in one basket. And if a company doesn't want to allow you to do that, then maybe you don't want to work for that company. So that's something that I tell my clients as well as my colleagues in the field. But my goodness, Alina, you have given us so many amazing tips. I do have one last question that I love to ask all of my guests. If you could talk to baby Selena, what would you tell her and why? Love that question. Um, I would say invest in yourself because that's the only thing that nobody can take away from you. And that's one thing that comes with minimum risk and guaranteed biggest return. Wow. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much for closing off with that amazing remark. 
As you've heard in the podcast, Selena is your person if you want to learn all about LinkedIn, how to create a personal brand on there. And if you are a company itself who's looking to hire somebody to train all of your employees to show up specifically for sales or to teach you how to have a personal brand on LinkedIn as a company, she is the gal to go to. You can go ahead and find her on her website, which is the inacademy.com. You can follow her at linkedin.com slash in slash Selena Young. And she also has a podcast. It is your LinkedIn gal. So I will make sure to link all of those for you in the show notes. Selena, do you have any parting words before we, we close off? No, I really enjoy our conversation. And thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Selena, for joining us. It was such a blast. And if you have the chance, make sure to go ahead and rate and review the podcast. Let us know. Share with everybody that you might know that's interesting to learn about LinkedIn. And I hope to see you on the next episode very soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. And if you tag me at Side Hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.